This episode of the FS Podcast is brought to you by CBS All Access. Looking for a new streaming service to add so you can watch more stuff? Check out CBS All Access. Hit up infamouspodcast.com slash CBS and you can get a free one-week trial to CBS All Access and check out things like Star Trek Discovery, Picard, Survivor, um, you know, all the other cool stuff that CBS has to offer. Star Trek Discovery, I said that already. You should really watch that. Um, yeah, so hit up infamouspodcast.com slash CBS to learn more. Hey, welcome back to the Infamous Podcast. This is Brian. With me always is Daryl. This week we are talking Space Force. Um. <laughs> I'm sorry, I, I, I nodded off when you were talking about Space Force. <laughs> All right, so we're talking about Space Force for a little bit. We're not going to go into it a whole lot. Uh, we got a bunch of news. We've got Batwoman news again. We've got a bunch of cool Star Wars news. There's uh, some MCU X-Men rumors that are floating about that we're going to talk on and then we have a brand new segment that um we're gonna add to the show i'm calling it actor versus actor i don't know that might just be the working title daryl i don't know if you have something better there um but in this segment we've each chosen an actor and we're gonna talk about three roles that they've performed in um one that's good one that we consider one that we consider is a good one one that we consider is a great one and one is one that they probably should avoid in the future uh, before we get started, check out Infamous Podcast, or I'm sorry, check out patreon.com slash infamous podcast, or you can go to the infamouspodcast.com and click on the Patreon link and join our Infamite level patron, Julian Brown, um, for all the cool stuff that you get for supporting the show. With that said, Daryl, what's going on, buddy? Nothing much, just a normal Thursday. This week has been spectacular for me because I've actually been able to get back in the gym. Yes. I- same can't can't tell you how much i've been needing that and like uh, like unlike some people I, I know a lot of people a lot of my friends and actually you know people i used to work with are working from home remotely mm-hmm. that's something i've been doing for a few years now however i didn't have that outlet of the gym so even with me that the person that doesn't go anywhere or go anywhere too much i'm uh getting back to the gym really helped you know kind of I'm definitely sore because I've had I've already been in five sessions. Nice. And, well, yeah, because oh, no, you six, do you do jujitsu and and yeah, stuff I do like that too, not just lifting. Yeah, but yeah. So, so I've we're, only lifted one. Okay, just once. And uh, so we're recording on a normal Thursday, and right. uh, I've been four days this week plus last Saturday. I took Sunday off, even though my hip is jacked up again. I don't know what's going on with it. Um. But I'm still going to working out because screw it. <laughs> yeah, it's it's such yeah it's, it's such a help for my uh, annoyance with you know people at times and my humbugness of being a almost a recluse. Yeah, a shut in, if you will, <laughs> a crazy old wizard out in the desert. Um, I will say just personally, I I, I had a good week. Um, one, this is my first week of not having a job since I got laid off. Um, uh, but the kid is going to run cross country. Oh, really? So that, uh, that kind of made the whole having a kid worth it. Um, so <laughs> what version is she now? One point. No, she's still one, seven. Kid about oh seven. So, uh, for the longest time I told her that like she was a robot and like, 
the Kibato one didn't work out. And like, you know, I told her like all the like horrific reasons we got rid of the other versions. <laughs> so you uh, know what I'm think like when times. I think of you saying that to her, yeah, I think about the conversation between Thor and Rocket where in uh, in Infinity War in the ship where Rocket's like, and so your sister is like, you had a best friend, <laughs> exactly, stabbed through the heart. Yep, you know, mother killed by dark elves. Yep. <laughs> so yes 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 father killed by my sister um yeah so anyway uh let's get right into it so the first bit of news um stems from batwoman which we talked about last week with with ruby rose vacating the role um and there there's been some rumors and and it's coming from the hollywood reporter so i'm i'm more inclined to like put some weight behind it which is why i think we're talking about it mm-hmm. is they're they're actually looking to just cast a whole new character they're gonna say goodbye to kate kane and have a character whose name um they have on ryan the casting notice as ryan wilder um yeah it's describes her as female mid to late 20s any ethnicity they don't care um and i'll get to that in a second um, and it says, followed by the big money payoff line, Ryan Wilder is about to become Batwoman. The description continues referring to Wilder as a likable, messy, a little goofy, and untamed. She's also nothing like Kate Kane, the woman who wore the bat suit before her. Um, so when you're going to come up with a character and, and you know change ethnicity or sex or um, orientation or whatever, perfect way to do it right here. New character. Mm-hmm. All 100 yeah. percent on board with this. I like the idea that this character is going to be a little bit goofy um, because I like since this I, I I've been trying to like kind of spot watch a little bit of, of Batwoman um, on the HBO Max app, um, mm-hmm. and yeah, it just takes itself entirely too seriously for yeah. a, a woman who's dressed as a bat. I mean, just like Batman does. So I'm um, I'm not bashing the show for that, but yeah. So what do you what do you think about? about this about you know instead of recasting kate kane start fresh i actually really like this idea now i I say the one caveat i think this this most likely means it's going to be another rough start trying to bring this storyline and bring you know this ryan wilder and again i know this that might may or may not be her name who knows but I, I like the description of Wilder's character. Mm-hmm. I like the idea of not just recasting Kate Kane, but having someone totally new come in. Mm-hmm. I do want worry, and again, I just for this, I might check it out. But I, this, this is a show that had a lot of ups and downs, more downs than ups sure. in season one. I, I st- again, I, I didn't watch the last four or five episodes, but it started off okay. But there were there were some characters in there that might need to be re, uh, written out so and, yeah I, I think one thing this does is this gives them the opportunity to have ruby rose come back at any time um right you know as long as they don't kill kate kane off um and then the other thing is is kind of as i was reading through more of the stuff it says here that she's highly skilled wildly undisciplined um, all that lesbian that doesn't matter. Athletic, raw, passionate, fallible, and one of her her biggest flaws is she's a highly skilled fighter, but she's undisciplined in that. Um, I, I see this as a as a female Jason Todd character. Um, 
and and almost you know not like I don't think they're gonna go like female Red Hood here at all, but I think that's a that's a pretty good allegory to to throw out there that this could be a a Jason Todd esque character. Maybe she views it as a game, um, and that gets her into trouble. Yeah, and uh, and when you're talking Jason Todd, I, you know that again, my favorite character on Titans is the Jason Todd character because uh, he's Walters, awesome. Yeah, he is. He is. He is so good. I, I, the only problem I had with Titans and him is that he wasn't in it enough. No, especially, see, he was in it the perfect amount because any more and he would have been I, annoying. Especially, and again, it. I, I think he, he should have been in it a little bit. Well, in, especially at the back end of season two, which uh, we've talked about season two uh, and the, the issues that they, again, putting too much into season two, but that type of character in the Batwoman guys. I'm actually all for that. Yeah, I, I think you know. I mean, I'll, I'll check it out. I'll give it a. I'll give it a go. Um, I think we, if this is is the way they go in January, we can we can definitely like talk about this, and we'll learn more through the summer. Um, you know, as coronation comes to an end, and and people are going back to filming and making entertainment and and all of that stuff. You know, we'll we'll see. Yeah, and like you said. Uh, it, this the Batman takes himself way too serious, like the Batman universe a mm-hmm. lot of times. And this seems like it can bring some levity to the show. I, I mean, right now the uh, Cameron Johnson as you know Luke Fox, and I guess I can't remember her name, but the place the half sister Mary, they're the kind of levity of the show, right? But I I, I think this will be you know have this character this like I said that, like they said wild, messy, goofy. That'll be pretty interesting to see. Like, I don't know if we've have we ever really seen. And again, you're more of the Batman guy as far as in the comics. A somebody goofy in the bat suit. I mean, Dick Grayson for for a little bit when when Batman was lost in time. I mean, he brought that Dick Grayson style to it. Like, he's not he was never necessarily goofy, but he was definitely more fun loving. Um, yeah, you know. When when Jason Todd wore it during the Prodigal Son, um, time, you know, uh, or I'm sorry, during the Reborn time, you know, he was definitely like more homicidal, more in the line of like Azriel, um, John Paul Valley, genocidal. Yeah, I mean, like, like John Paul Valley was like just a straight up murder Batman. So you know, like I think, like you said, well, I mean, Terry McGinnis, he was goofy. And Batman Beyond, he's oh, yeah, just, he's yeah, just a about him. goofy yeah. little, you know, and he's one of yeah. the better Batmans. Let's let's not yeah, I completely words, forgot but. about that show. Yeah, yeah. All right, so switching gears over to Marvel, um, the there's a bunch of rumors out that the Marvel Phase Five is going to start introducing the X Men in different movies. So the, I guess they're going to introduce each one of them in a different movie and then come together for their own Avengers style team up, um. That I'm not okay with, um, because the X Men are are not, they're not a individuals come together to to form a a, a larger a greater good. They're a family, uh, but, but they they started apart though. So but, I but mean, they all but of them well, are... did they though? I mean, they weren't yeah, the X Men really until until Professor X found them and honed them and trained oh, in, them. In that regard, absolutely. But I'm talking so. about as individual people, players. Now, it, it really depends on how this – I wouldn't like them to do that with every single character. Yeah. There are certain characters that make sense doing that. Wolverine is a perfect example of a character that absolutely makes sense in yeah. doing. Plus, I don't 
necessarily want to see Wolverine right away in the MCU. Although, from what that video you show you sent mm-hmm. me, it said the rumor was he was going to show up in Black Panther two. Which I mean, again, yeah. I don't know if he- Take these with a grain of salt. Yeah, you, so, you know. like, this is all grain of salt. So, but, I mean, it, it's definitely going, you know, um, the way they're going is very interesting, right? It, it's it's Cyclops, it's Jean Grey. Um, I, I, I don't know if they're going to call her Marvel, Marvel Girl or not, but the reports are calling her Marvel Girl. Um, it's Nightcrawler, it's Havoc, which makes sense with Scott, um, mm-hmm. you know, Alex, Alex uh, Summers there. Uh, I said Nightcrawler. It's Sunspot, which Sun. is a new mutant. Sunfire. Sunfire. Oh, Sun. No, it's Sunspot. I thought they said. Well, he said he showed the picture of Sunfire when okay. he did that. Okay. Okay. So, so Sunspire. Sunspot, Sunfire, one of those. Um, and then uh, is it oh, Tomahawk? No, that's not the same. Thunderbird. Thunderbird. Thank you. Um, <laughs> Thunderbird, <laughs> who uh, who was pretty cool in the uh, the only cool part about the gifted, and then Storm. Um. Yeah. You know, so it, it's taking a page out of the giant X-Men uh, team, just missing Colossus there and, yeah. and 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 going that way. I, I still, you know, like I, so they're going to introduce these characters throughout different movies. They're going to make Storm Wakandan, which I don't really like. Um, yeah. You know, I, I don't know. I, I think it makes it problematic for the Black Panther yeah. universe if you start having like mutants popping up out of there right away um because i mean that movie you know there there's a reason i mean the black panther made a ton of money don't get me wrong and it got a ton of critical buzz but there's a reason they haven't like rushed the second one of those out <laughs> you know yeah, that, that movie was messy in a lot of ways yeah and, and ryan cooler is much better than the the film that yeah. he gave us but I, I so my my thing is i felt like the perfect time to introduce the X-Men was at the end of Endgame and Professor X's chair. You just see the wheel roll in and it doesn't have to be anyone like who's going to play the role kind of like they did with Thanos and just have him say to me, my X-Men fade to black. That's it. Right. And then you get, you know, then you have time to start, start peppering in the group. Like you know, they they show up maybe, uh, I don't know in in the Black Widow movie or or you know a bunch of different movies that they can do where they're just kind of like, oh hey this we we got called to this but it's already stopped and it's like yeah this group just showed up and saved it and then we can question is that the Fantastic Four is it the X Men you know and and it, it 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 lets us kind of build up to that and then you know once they cast everyone and you know they they're able to. Uh, get Anson Mount away from Star Trek to be Professor X, you know, it's, it's, it's a fully fledged idea. Um, now I trust Kevin Feige. I do. So I'm not, I'm not going to go like too far off the deep end here, but like, let's not, let's, you know, Wolverine can be introduced on his own all by himself and he can be circled back into the X films, you know, in the second or third film. Um, You know, he should not be the focal character. Like, honestly, that's, I would I would love it if they did an entire trilogy without his. That's what ass. I see. That's what I'm hoping they do in the sense of Wolverine is, again, love the character. And if if they get the right actor, I'm, I'll probably love this Wolverine iteration as well. I just don't think you need to put him at the front and center of the X-Men. Yeah, right I away. I, 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 I don't think you do. Yeah, I think the big problem that I have is they wasted 
uh, Ty Sheridan and Alexander Ship on those F- uh, on those Fox X Men movies because I thought he was a fantastic Cyclops and I felt like she could have been the pinnacle Storm if they would have given her more story. Yeah, because she agree. was I- the two of them were the best thing about Apocalypse, and then neither one of them were given a whole lot to do in um, Dark Phoenix. Dark crap. Yeah, that's a movie that I enjoyed it for what it was, uh, which wasn't much. But <laughs> you could absolutely tell that they took a butcher knife to the story of that of what what it was supposed to be because it was supposed to be two a two parter, and you could it was they they absolutely oh, butchered. They it. just took a bunch of play doh and, and crushed it up until it was brown. That was that's how they made that movie. They're like, oh, well, there's some purple play doh here. Great, there's some red play doh here. How about this yellow play doh? Oh, there's some green. All right, now it looks like baby poop. I'm still trying to figure out why Magneto took the subway train through the building. That didn't really make sense, but I, whatever. I'm trying to figure out why Magneto like thought it was a good idea to wear that helmet. <laughs> Plain and simple, you know, or, or why Gene didn't just crush his head like a like a pea in there. But I don't know. I mean, we'll see. I, I'm. I don't want Patrick Stewart. I don't want Hugh Jackman back. No, plain I don't and simple. Either. I want them yeah. to go a little younger. I, 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 you know, I, ideally, if they could make Scott and Gene in their early twenties, Nightcrawler can be sixteen. I, like, look at um, X Men Evolution, the cartoon. And if you guys haven't watched this, it's on Disney Plus, uh, or the Plus, uh, if you will, uh, the Plus that as well. Uh, it's a highly underrated X Men cartoon, and I feel like it's the most cinematic version of X Men that they could possibly do. I'm going to have to check that out. I've, I've watched it in bits and pieces in the past, but yeah. cause I mean like it, like Wolverine and storm are our teachers, Scott and Jean are students. They don't have to worry about any of the, the, the Wolverine Cyclops love triangle that Brian Singer decided to introduce to this universe. Um, you know, and, and, you know, Oh beast is also, he's also a, a, a teacher there. Uh, and yeah, it, it just add it, it just you got there and it was a lived in world already. There there was no need to do like an origin story. And I, I think I'd kind of prefer that. I'd also kind of prefer they wait another three years. Yeah. I I think they're gonna have to, honestly, just based on everything's going well, on. Yeah, and, I mean, with all of that. And but. just their schedule already, or as Patrick Stewart says, their schedule already. I, I I don't I don't see it with what what's this I don't see it before 2023 no maybe 2024 yeah I mean I think 2024 for the first X Men movie to come out uh mm-hmm. would be great if they want to like cast some of these characters and like show them in credit scenes you know kind of kind of build that Avengers initiative thing back up um, yeah that'd be cool I think the first person you have to cast is Professor X though and he has to yeah. go around gathering all of these people um. Magneto should not come into play for a few movies, maybe not even at all in the first trilogy. Um, I mean, he's you know, such a great character, but look is. at all look at the villains that you have to play with that you could bring in instead of him. Yeah. Oh yeah. I mean, yeah. There's a lot that they can do there, but um. So yeah, I don't know. It, it, it's all a rumor right now. So we know it's going to happen at some point. Like that's that's the only thing that we do know. Um, we don't know if this lineup is right. We don't know anything beyond the fact that, hey, the the X Men are, are coming. Two if by land, one if by sea. He's coming. 
I just now I want to watch Infinity War again. I've, I've mentioned the Thor thing, and now I think of Thanos is coming with the Hulk in the S- beginning. Sweet rabbit. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, sweet rabbit. Uh, all right, so let's move on to some Star Wars news. Well, this has been a big day for for Star Wars news. So uh, earlier this morning, they started talking. Lately, at last night, they started talking about they're looking to cast a a live action post Rebels Ezra Bridger for for post Rebels show, possibly the sequel series or or continuation of those characters' story. And then today. Um, they started talking about casting a live-action Grand Admiral Thrawn for his own series. Yeah, that so. is – so a couple things first. Like just in general, I'm, I like how it looks like Disney is really focusing on on the Star Wars television world and kind of stepping away, for, at least for now, from the mess that has been – you know, the cinematic universe, the Star Wars cinematic universe, right. with some notable exceptions, like uh, Rogue One. Like Rogue One, yeah. <laughs> and, Solo. And, yeah, Solo. Like, so- Solo is really fun. It's just not a good movie. Yeah, it's fun. That's that's exactly what it is. <laughs> but um, I like them. But Solo sets up some stuff that would be great TV series down the line. So yeah. I think because the saga is done, right? The, the Skywalker saga has come to an end allegedly um let's focus on some of this more serialized stuff i mean i mean i know the mandalorian is very episodic like heist of the week type thing um and i think in season two with all this casting that's going on it's probably going to stay the same way with like um it'll kind of be like season two of buffy right like season Mm -hmm. two of buffy kind of it introduced angelus as the big bad and and the and Spike and Drusilla and and the whole ending the world, but at at the same time it was still very much a, a freak of the week thing, oh, all the way up through the end. But it, it had that underlying, and it wasn't until season three that they did that overarching season long arc, which became a staple of the show, and which really you know, you know, good for Joss Whedon for for really kind of perfecting that. It, it, it's what we really ended up getting on a lot of genre type television. So, you know, let's let's, you know, let's kind of stick with that. Like in season three, they can do like a big a big bad Mandalorian where, you know, maybe it's Moff Gideon is, you know, really cutting loose and and trying to bring the Empire back. Maybe, you know, it's the Chiss and, and, you know, um, the stuff from the Thrawn books that that becomes the villain. Question real quick. Are the Thrawn books? They're canon now. Are these the, these last? Yeah, three I mean, are, yeah, they're canon. Yeah, they, I mean, you know, okay. uh, he's in Rebels. That's canon. Um, you know, and they they all lead up. The last book leads up to him going back to Lothal before he disappears with the uh, the Pergil and Ezra. Yeah. So, but uh, okay. So, just real quick, casting wise. Uh, you said you had some people for Ezra. The only person I want to see Ezra, and I've said this a bunch, is Dev Patel. Yeah, and I think that is like because I, I don't know why I did not think because you, I believe you told me this a couple weeks ago. You said that, and I oh, said as the soon same as thing. they started talking about a live action Ezra, Ezra Bridger, right, it was Dev Patel is who I want to see play that person. And 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 I said the same thing. And some of the people on my list are like just won't like. I was just thinking about. This just kind of like getting Ezra's 
you know, personality. And the, the one on this list that I think has, and again, I saw him for about all of like five minutes in Shazam with Ross Butler. So like, you have to remember though, he's not going to be a kid. He's going to be 30 or 40 years yeah. old. Um, yeah, and that's that's the other. That's what I actually wanted yeah. to ask. Like, I didn't, I wasn't sure how so, old he was going to. So be. yeah, the cat, the casting call is calling for someone late thirties, early forties. Um, same with Thrawn, and uh, you know, because I mean, Thrawn's obviously going to be in makeup, but um, and they're also calling for Ezra for an actor who's a POC, um, and specifically they were looking for Asian, um, you know, Indian, Middle Eastern. Um, type of a type of an actor. So, yeah. That as soon as I saw that they were doing that, I mean, like just in general, I, I've like you know he's always been like he was always drawn you know darker skinned, and mm-hmm. I never thought of him as like being white like Kanan is. Um, I, so I I I've always thought De- Dev Patel would make a great grown-up Ezra he's got some of the same facial structure that they've drawn into the character and uh you know I've been a fan of his like ever since Slim Dog Millionaire but like I really became like a Dev Patel like fan like you know like evangelist for his character on the newsroom Uh, which I haven't seen yet well dude I pay for your HBO so you can just go watch it anytime you'd like (laughs) (laughs) Jeez. <laughs> Man. I'm just waiting you for but, you to start DC up again so I can watch Teen Titans again. <laughs> but back to Thrawn. Yeah, uh, Thrawn. Going to Thrawn. We both agree that and and this was it's Lars Mickelson, right? 100%. I mean, he Absolutely. looks he's got that like long angular yes. face. He does the voice in Rebels. So like there's no there's not going to be any of like oh god his voice is like you know not good or if they cast someone other than that i don't know do you listen to the star star wars audiobooks no i do not okay so a, a reader named mark thompson does a good chunk of the books and he does thrawn chef's kiss right it's just beautiful the way he does thrawn and you know mickelson came in and kind of adopted that same hiss of a voice that he has like very like serpent like um right which in the old um the old thrawn series the the guy it was a very booming and like you know this kind of voice and um where instead of it's like very uh very strategic and very sly sly and he, he he draws out his s's and you know um and yeah, so I mean, but I think that in itself helps make the character much more menacing, um, especially in the sec- second book when he goes on his adventure with uh, Anakin Skywalker. Okay, yeah, I haven't, I've, I haven't started the second book yet. So, but to your point, that I think a villain who seems like always under control and cold and calculating is more is scarier than that psychopath who's just like yelling and screaming all the time. Here, here's the beauty: is he's not a villain. Antagonist. I he, say. No, no, I, he's not even that. He yeah, is he's absolutely. He, he's absolutely the antagonist of Rebels, as he is oh, the antagonist of the protagonist. Just looking out for the Chiss ascendancy, and and in doing yeah. so, he has to work for the Empire a little bit. Oh, absolutely. You know? I, I, but like, especially that's know. why I like the books is because it gives that extra. He's he's not just this interesting villain. 
he's this interesting villain with a big, much bigger backstory. But you and, can and argue the rebels him. are the bad guys, and they're trying to put the 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 galaxy. But it's, into it, chaos. it's named after them, so they're the protagonists. <laughs> that doesn't but mean that, the Avengers is named after them, but they're the bad guys in in Infinity War. Watch your tongue. Although I can't say Thanos is the is the, anyway. Well, anyway, we could talk about this. So like this, we definitely this is one can. of those fun fun conversations. Uh, we could th- have. Th- it's like uh, Magneto has valid points. You know, Thanos yeah. was right. Uh, all of that, but no. So I mean, this is just really exciting news. Um, you know, I think that uh, you know anything else that we can get that that's a live action action Star Wars on Disney Plus, where they're cycling it out like. You know, we get 10 episodes, 8 to 10 episodes, season ends, we get a couple weeks off, new season starts for the next thing, and they, they just kind of get that ball rolling, and then we get a new ma- new movie every three years. I, like, to me, that that would be the best way to do it. And you can alternate yes. between animated series and live action series and comedy yeah. and drama and, and whatnot. Um, and, and also, then we get we get the chance to get a lot more voices telling star wars stories that mm-hmm. aren't tied to the skywalker, skywalker the mighty skywalker bloodline yes please which something else you know that's not why they were strong because this is supposed to be Ryan. a galaxy and this galaxy is massive and we're still talking about one family come on one Let's family who for generations has been a blight on the galaxy pretty much yes for so, generations all right yeah so we'll, we'll we'll stick with the the space theme here, and we'll talk about space Far- force. I was gonna say farce, um, space force, <laughs> the Netflix original series that dropped last Friday. What was that? May twenty fifth, twenty ninth. Um. Anyway, I'm gonna read this synopsis for us. It says here, space is a workplace comedy, and I'm really considering putting quotes around comedy there put Um, quotes around comedy space force is a workplace comedy series that centers on a group of people tasked with establishing the sixth branch of the united states armed forces the united states space force steve carell's character mark naird is the first general of space force and in charge of the effort and the series uh, in charge of the effort the series follows his collaboration to get boots on the moon or boobs on the moon by 2024 <laughs> for the orders of the president. Uh, the president in this is 100% Donald Trump, even though they don't oh, say that. Uh, <laughs> this is this is definitely another one of those like parodies, um, much like The Hunt that we were talking about. Uh, Greg Daniels and, and Steve Carell are the creators of this show. Um, it stars Steve Carell as General Mark Naird. He is he becomes a four star general and thinks he's going to get uh, assigned to the Air Force and be in charge of the Air Force because that's where he spent his entire career. But lo and behold, he gets stuck with Space Force. We have John Malkovich as Doctor Adrian Mallory, whose life's work is you know lunar living um, and stuff. That Ben Schwartz as F Tony. Saren Ducci, uh, Ducci. Yeah. Well, his, in quotes, it's fuck Tony. Um, yeah. (laughs) And he's their social media director. And, uh, actually he's just their PR guy and overall media director. Um, we've got Diana Silvers as Aaron Naird, who's Mark's teenage daughter. And then the last main character is Tawny Newsome as captain Angela Ali. She's a face space force pilot who later becomes an astronaut. Um, 
I really had to try to watch all 10 episodes. And I'll be 100% honest, for a good chunk of them, I did not laugh once. And I was, you know, had it on while I was reading comic books. Mm-hmm. It took me probably until episode, it was episode three, maybe episode four, where the first time I laughed out loud. Yeah. Had we not, were- like, talked about doing this and, like, hey, let's watch this so we can talk about it. Because I almost called you and said, I really don't like this. I don't want to talk negative about it. Um, yeah. and there's some redeeming stuff. Um, but yeah, yeah it, this, this was a really bad first season of a show. Yeah. Oh, really? And people, and I was reading on a couple message boards or co- an article talking about this. And some of the comments were talking about how the office and parks and rec struggled in their first season yeah. or what was uneven. I, I was mean, like, if we've, yeah, talked, we've talked about that, we've talked. Yeah. About that. But guess what? I laughed out loud several times mm-hmm. in, in multiple episodes with those two. So. This is not the case. Well, The Verge, um, their Space Force review, the title is Space Force is an astonishingly, astonishingly bad show. And I mean, I texted you. I said Greg Daniels obviously spent way more time on, on Upload than he did on this. Yes. But, um, yeah, so I, I did not care for, um, well, one, I'm not a huge Steve Carell fan. So I, I'm just going to put that out there. I'm, I'm not a really big Steve Carell fan. I... I I'm one of the few people who liked the office better after he left, which may be sacrilegious. I don't know. Fight me. Um, John Malkovich is, is one of the bright spots. Um, Ben Schwartz is used way too much. Um, yeah, you know, he He would have been much more effective if you would have, you'd cut his uh, time down about half. Yeah. That's what I was going to say in half. Uh, his daughter should have been launched in a rocket to the sun. Um, like the monkey. Um, (laughs) And then Tawny Newsom, which I don't remember seeing her in anything before, um, but she was like the lone actual bright spot, I think, of this season. Her character was great. Yeah, it. There were a like, and again, I'm a fan of The Office. I was one of those that actually liked it a little bit less um, because Ed Helms just tried too hard. I think in, in moments. Well, to- so but you're forgetting the amazing season we got with James Spader as the boss. That was really good. I, that, that is true. That was, yeah, but I like Steve Carell in, in so. the office and he was a scumbag character. Mm-hmm. Like as a character, he was an absolute scumbag and a piece of, a piece of dung, but I, he was funny. Yeah. This, right. he, um, like he was, yeah, he was, no, go ahead. He Sorry. was the worst part of this show to me. He was. He was used way too much. He was he was in it too much. He his voice, he kept trying to do that accent that kept coming and going. Um yeah. you know, uh okay, real quick, Tawny Newsome is uh she's gonna be in that new lower decks show. Uh the what animated Star Trek. Oh, okay. So um she was in an episode of Superstore, she was in Brockmire. Um, she was in eight episodes of that. She was on the Carmichael show. So, I mean, she's, she's been around for a little bit. Like her first role was stupid bitch syndrome. Um, that was the name of the show in 2013. Um, (laughs) so yeah, she was, uh, like, yeah, she's just done a bunch of like, like one-off episodes here and there. Uh, she's done a few like reoccurring roles, but this is really, I think her first really main role and she knocked it out of the park. Yeah, she again, she was one of the better spots, and I did like – so Jimmy O 
and his Dr. Chan. Yeah. He was one of those characters that was a, sometimes was a little up and down. There were a lot, there's a lot of examples of characters being up and down. Well, I th- but I actually like the connection those two had, yeah. Ali and uh, Dr. Chan had together. So, and I think Dr. Chan, the problem was, is like, at first he was like the super serious angry guy. But then he got to be like they let him be like Jimmy O Yang is actually very funny. Uh, yeah, Jin, Jin right. Yang was one of the best parts of um, Silicon Valley, and so and in his standup special is supposedly really good on on HBO or on Amazon Prime, which I, I definitely want to check out. But uh, yeah, he was really funny. He he got to be a really good character. So. Yeah. Yeah, and, and again, some of the up and downs I will attribute to being of season one, but there's just too much of it where it's just not funny. Yep. Oh, like absolutely. Brad, like the one star general that's basically right? he's the secretary. Secretary like he did he I think he had one or two lines and this was at the end towards the end of the series that were I actually chuckled at. Right. Other than that, like every time he came on, it's like it's a waste of space, yeah. waste of time. Like it's I feel really funny. bad that this was Fred Willard's last TV show. Oh, because as, as Fred Naird, Mark's father, he was awful. It was like it was just cringeworthy the whole time. Yeah, that um, whole storyline of him shaking and forgetting stuff, mm-hmm. it was just not funny. No. One bit. Not I, one second of it was funny. I normally love Lisa Kudrow. Um, I think the fact that they never like I'm I'm all for like kind of dragging a bit out, but the fact that like all we know is she committed a major felony to go to jail. Like it would and they be, never say what it is. They never say what it is, and like, wouldn't that have as affected his ability to become a four-star general? Yes, it would have. So, um, there was that. I I I liked. Um, well, one I liked Nola Emmerich, um, but there was just too much of him as Kick uh, Grabiston, um, yeah, being just a major bully and a douche. Uh, like I get it, you're the bad guy of this like with the armed forces and everything but it was too much um i did like that jane lynch was the chief naval um dedrick batter was in charge of the army patrick warburton was in charge of the marines and then larry joe campbell was the coast guard who they kept (laughs) oh they were all always making fun of um yeah you know it's actually a jane levin line uh, her her line like one of her lines in episode three or four i can't remember that was the first line where i laughed out loud on yeah, when, where she was like, "You identify my gender again, however you can." Right, right, right. Um, you know, and like, I mean, some of the parody stuff that they did, like the uh, where, where is she? The lady that was uh, Ginger Gonzaga, who was Annabelle uh, Yesidio Campos, who was uh, known as AYC, who was a parody of AOC. Um, yeah, you know, uh, Conchita Tomei played uh, Representative Pitosi, who was a parody of Nancy Pelosi. You know, there yeah. there was a there was a parody of Chuck Schumer in there. So, I mean, it was it was definitely it's just really kind of funny to watch like a, a couple pretty left wing guys. And, and, you know, again, not to be political or anything and not to, to bash, but to watch a couple of left wing guys like try and, and write like characters who should be kind of uptight and conservative and, and, and things like that. Um and you can write those characters to be very, very funny because those people are usually very, very funny because, you know, you, um, I don't know. Do, do you remember Chris Titus, the comedian? 
No, I don't remember that. Recall that name. Uh, so he 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 had the show Titus on Fox. Probably, I mean, I remember that show. Okay, okay. So he's a stand-up, and he has a bit where he was over in Germany, and he was doing a USO thing, and here he thought he was going over there, and these people were going to be like hard and, you know like uptight and everything and like he's like they were the funniest people he he got introduced to a a staff sergeant whose name was literally sergeant pepper um and you know he was a he was a double amputee lost his eyes and like he talks about how this guy had the greatest sense of humor of all people all time like uh one of the one of the you know aides asked hey do you want your picture taken with with mr titus sir and the guy goes why (laughs) I can't look at it, you know, like, so, you know, it's like, but like these people do like, I I know my friends who are in the military, they are some of the funniest people I've ever met and have such a unique outlook on life because uh, of what, what they go through, um, to, to write some of these people as uptight as they were, I I think was, was really, was really a misstep. I think making Nerd so uptight, um, and then it made what he did at the end of the first season so out of place for him as a character. Um, yeah, I did not. I did not care for his his story arc. Uh, but yeah, I don't or, know. Or, or I didn't care for his his daughter story arc either. I, I mean, she like, was I just a brat. Ali's. She was just a brat. Yeah. Like, you know, I think if this comes back for a second season, um, it should focus on Malkovich. Um. Ali, uh, Dr. Chan, Dr. Chan, um, more with the, the, um, Duncan from Alabama. Yeah. Duncan from Alabama. Thank you. I think more with, uh, with just kind of the side characters and and some of that stuff, uh, going on or, or introduce some new characters. Obviously like there's a pseudo war with China going on on the moon. Um, so I think if we can spend a little more time up there, um, like would be better because you know the people that they sent up to the moon were were definitely like the funnier people um but yeah i don't know it was like uh chris gethard who played eddie who was the uh the janitor who they send up there yeah <laughs> you know he's like do we have to or uh oh what was her uh uh puna mattel who's like do we have to mate and it's like um no and he's like do i have to mate with her (laughs) can i pick do i have a choice you know that was kind of funny and he's a really funny stand-up and and everything and 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 um put on patel she's really funny she's great on um the apple tv plus show uh mythic quest raven's hollow or raven's banquet um it's raven's banquet uh as a coder who's just constantly trying to undermine her boss um, who is, you know, another female coder and, and she's always trying to be like, no, we're women, you know? And it's like, it's just funny. Yeah. She, um, had, she actually had a couple funny lines. She had some great lines. I, you know, I, I liked, um, where'd he go? Um, the guy who was the, the secretary of defense, um, who has been in a, a ton of stuff. He was, um, he was on that show life in pieces that I really liked. Uh, oh, Dan, uh, Bam, Dan Bachdahl who played John Blandsmith, which is a pretty funny name, who was the, the sec def. Um, he yeah. was great, you know. But, I mean, yeah, it, overall, like, it was, I think it's a funny idea for a story. I think the whole idea of Space Force in, in reality is ridiculous. Um, 
and until until th- this is the funny thing like so i i remember like hearing about it and i it's, oh, like when you were talking just now it's kind of like looking at you know their mission and everything like that and and uh it seems ridiculous mm-hmm. however when you think about again the idea of going into space yeah uh, the idea of having some type of branch or mm-hmm something that's specifically and i don't i don't mean Matt nasa because again when you're no. starfleet dude quote unquote starfleet yes, yes. starfleet yeah so it, it sounds it just sounds ridiculous on its head until you you actually well i think calling it space force space force itself is one it of the dumbest the, names yeah is the thing so because like, it's hard it, to take seriously right and, and it sounds like it's a parody tv show yeah it does like, like it, honestly it feels like they're making fun of the marines and the army and the navy and the air force yeah you like know. when I first heard about it, like I didn't hear the actual speech, and I heard Space Force, and I thought that's a joke, right? <laughs> Just because of the name itself is like, yeah, come on. But but like yeah, you know, show... the whole the whole thing with uh, the first lady trying to change their uniforms was so stupid, and you know, yeah, that like, yeah, I don't like so I, I so Ben Schwartz was way too much John Ralphio from yes, from Parks was. and Rec. Yes. Um, yep. And and it's like you would have never had this job, never, never, ever, never, never, um, you know. So I don't know. I it, like I said, it was created by by it's created by Steve Carell and Greg Daniels. Um, it's only ten episodes. The episodes are twenty seven to thirty six minutes long. Um, yeah, I don't know. So we, like it started development in, in January twenty nineteen. So it feels like it was kind of pushed together. Uh, kind of quickly Netflix immediately gave it a production order for 10 episodes. Um, I think that was just based on the Greg Daniel, Steve Carell name. Absolutely. Anything else. Cause if they would have um, seen the pilot, they'd have been like, uh, no thanks pass. Right. Um, yeah. And, and it's like, you know, part of it is cause they said, Oh, Steve Carell will star in this. Um, and then in September, like it wasn't until September 2019 that they announced that John Malkovich, Ben Schwartz, Diana Silvers, and Tony Newsom had had joined the cast, um, with Jimmy Jimmy O Yang, Alex Sparrow, and Don Lake as a recurring cast. And like, I mean, this this was filmed, you know, so quickly, and you can kind of tell. Like, I, I think the production value is pretty bad. Um, and yeah. yeah, I mean, yeah. Principal photography started in Los Angeles in September twenty on September twenty sixth, twenty nineteen, and ended on January tenth, twenty twenty. That's yeah, that's pretty quick. So, um, yeah, I mean, the critical response has not been not been very good. Um, it's got a forty one percent based on seventy eight reviews at the time of our recording on Rotten Tomatoes, with an average rating of five point seven two out of ten. Um, it says here uh, an all-star cast and blockbuster worthy special effects aren't even enough to keep space forces uneven blend of earnestness and satire from spinning quickly out of com- comedic orbit. Um, the spiritual, this show should have been the spiritual successor to something like veep. Something like you say veep veep, which is yeah. a fantastic political satire making fun of the vice president's role. Um, you know, it, it was just, yeah, I don't know. Uh, Richard Roper from the Sun Times um, calls he praises Carell for his impeccable comedic timing and his uncanny ability to play yet another character who's often an insufferable buffoon with not a speck of self awareness. But like 
that wasn't he wasn't funny. He was just stupid. He wasn't and, not at all. And like his timing was like, like if we're talking about like music, he he was four beats behind yeah. on everything that he did. Yeah, it, it like, yeah, it's is when the show's main character is the worst part of the show. That show's gonna have a, a very difficult time you know com- co- uh connecting with this audience yeah like no matter what type of show it is it can be a comedy it could be a drama yeah horror sci-fi whatever it is yeah when your your main character is the worst aspect of a show yeah i think caroline it's gonna struggle absolutely caroline frank me frank me Framke. i can't talk from variety wrote for all the heft behind it space force should have been an easy win 10 episodes later it's safer to say that space force is really just okay Absolutely. I, 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 I agree with that. Um, it's just not funny. And, and you know, as far as comedies go, it's just, it's just not funny. Like they should have, they shouldn't have gone for like, this is going to be a sitcom. You know, it's, this is a satire. Sometimes it's going to be funny. Sometimes it's going to make you angry. Sometimes it's going to make you think. And it did none of that. Yeah. So a, a show that I'll compare it to that did it right. And, I honestly did not expect it to go this route was the Orville the the Orville I thought was supposed to be a satire and, and funny. And it's actually a, just a decent show, decent star Trek. I mean, it's a star Trek parody, yeah. but I mean, it, it's the it, galaxy quest level, like yeah. tribute to the, to the source material. Right. And does some things better than star Trek. But, sure. Uh, absolutely. Um, is Star Trek better than Star Trek in some cases? Now, having <laughs> having watched Discovery and, and completely changed my tune on that, um, you know, and I still haven't gone back for the second season of the Orville yet. Um, I haven't either, actually. But it's on Hulu. It's a Hulu original now, though. So, right, um, I have plenty of time. But yeah, I like this is a D for me. Like, uh, oh yeah, like D minus maybe. Like, no, I'll yeah, give it a D. I, I, like, I won't, I won't put the minus on there. Like, I, I, I would put this as a four out of ten. Yeah, yeah, that, that's where I'm at. So. I'd probably like three and a half out of ten. Yeah. It's just, and it's, it's one of those where I've seen shows where it's been bad, but there's been hidden gems in between episodes. There's, there's no reason I would go, I would rewatch this. None, none whatsoever. And this is much like Lock and Key. This is one where I don't think I'm going to come back for the second season. Yeah, I, I have a hard time seeing myself coming back for the second season. So, all right, cool. Let's move on. Let's talk about um, actor versus actor. I think that's what we're calling it, or we can call it something else. Um, actor versus actor, Henry Cavill versus or Henry Cavill versus Adam Driver. Now, this isn't like us trying to like convince you who's the better actor. This is just just picking two people who we think are good actors, actresses. This is the first time we're doing it, um, and just kind of talking about some roles that we've liked them in, and you know, go from there. Um, so why don't you start with Henry Cavill? Uh, Cavill. <laughs> I'm gonna say his name right one of these times. Which roles did you pick for him? I, I think the hardest one for me was the good okay. because I, you know, there was mission impossible, mission impossible fallout, the man from uncle. This is a one in back in the day. Um, he had a braid, like a single, uh, like his the long flowing hair and a single braid, uh, Tristan and he sold. Mm-hmm. So I ended up going with his August Walker character from mission impossible fallout. Um, I guess that, I should have, I should have, um, preface. This doesn't have to be a movie. 
It doesn't have to be a what? It doesn't. It didn't have to be a movie. Like we can like this is just the roles that they're in. It could be a TV show. It could be a movie. Whatever. Yeah, and that, but, and yeah, and that yeah, right. Okay, so sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt. So, the you, reason I liked hit like his character in there is just okay. Spoilers for Mission Impossible Fallout. If you haven't seen, it, it's been out two years, so you should have seen it already. But I, I just really liked that there was always something about him in the in this role where you I didn't quite trust him and mm-hmm. and just knew there was something. And I love how he plays that. He he plays it like he's you know he's this CIA guy that's, you know, above board, although he's not, you know, he doesn't mind getting his hands dirty, but it ends up being, he's, you know, he's the villain all along or the antagonist all along. And it's not just the, you know, reloading the guns in that uh, bathroom fight scene, which is one of my favorite fight scenes right. of the year, like of, of that 2018 season, uh, 2018 movie season. Mm-hmm. But that's why I picked that role, just because again, the movie itself it helps because the movie itself, I love Mission Impossible Fallout, and yeah, he is a major part of why that movie works. And just that conference, that ending confrontation between him and Tom Cruise is just out and out brutal and just great. So what I liked him about him as uh, August Walker was the fact that you o- he always knew something that we didn't know. Yes. And you could never put your finger on what was bothering you about him until the end of the movie when it's like, holy shit, he knew everything that was going to happen before it happened because he knew things that we didn't know because he was John Lark. And I thought that that was just a fantastically nuanced performance that he gave. Um, And he was a prick, (laughs) you know? So, yeah, absolutely. So, all right. Uh, Cool. What's your great? My great, and this is. I, I, I actually could have put Walker here just because of the nuance, but I had to go with my favorite role of him so far, and that's Superman. I, really? Man of Steel. Yes. Really? And this, and, and I'll explain why. I would have lost a huge bet because I thought I knew who you were going to put for this. You thought you were going to be The Witcher? I thought you were going to do Geralt of Rivia. Yeah, and I think because the reason I picked this over The Witcher is because I think he does more at, from a character standpoint. Um, now, you can say all you want about how Zack Snyder envisioned Superman being a little less hopeful, which, again, there's no doubting that. But even with that, I just love um, how Cavill just, you know, I love how he, he captures that vision of, you know, this guy who's conflicted about what he wants to do and how he, how to use his powers. You know, and no, no thanks to his parents that are absolutely terrible in giving him advice on what monsters. to do with that. Yeah, monsters. absolutely terrible. And like, there are two scenes in this movie that I absolutely love, and just shows his just how he em- embodies the character. Number one, and we're and again with the hopeful part, is when he actually learns how to fly. Mm-hmm. I absolutely love the the look of joy on his face when he's flying before you know crashing into a mountain yeah but just that look of just absolute joy like all the all that you know conflict that he's had about who he is is just gone for those few seconds of him in the air and the second one is when he has to kill zod and i know some people didn't like that superman doesn't kill this that and the other but uh, just that 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 painful scream he lets out after he ends up killing zod was Mm -hmm. absolutely just brutal and it showed that this guy he did not want to do that it's not it wasn't his first second or third option it was his final option and 
even though he knew he saved billions of lives doing it, it still like gutted him inside. And Cavill just like just the way he represents that character is just it, it also makes me more upset how they kind of like did him dirty in these sequels or half sequels and just really didn't build on what Man of Steel started. And right. it just Well that, Man, Man of that, Steel was set to be a, a, a Superman story. Right. Right. And and instead of getting Man of Steel two, they went with this Batman v Superman crap of crap. And you know, yeah, yeah. And they 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 threw away what would have been a very compelling story because, you know, as much as, again, I'm gonna harp on Brian Singer. Brian Singer got Superman Returns wrong. I feel like, like I felt like that was a story. Like there wasn't a whole lot more that we really wanted to see from the the Richard Donner verse, um, you know, Superman story. And I, I think like I liked that this was a new a new version and a new story. And, and I liked him as Superman. I did. And like, you know, I've come around on man of steel. Like we, we've talked about this a few times, um, but yeah, cool. All right. What's your, what's your, um, you know, maybe this wasn't the right role. So there are a couple, there are only a couple here and it, and I will say there, were, and for those who are saying, Hey, the issue was great on the tutors or he was sucked on the tutors. I don't know. I've never watched that show. Mm-hmm. So, Again, bear in mind, I haven't watched everything he's been in. So it was a tough one. I was going to put, and this is a show that I, you know, a movie I didn't ever finish was Immortals, but it was just the movie itself. I mean, he was serviceable and he wasn't great. But as far as maybe that wasn't the right role for him, I have to go with Stardust and his role mm-hmm. in, as Humphrey, yeah. which, again, by the way, Stardust also had Daredevil and, uh, and and uh, um, Jigsaw in it, so yeah. Charlie, which Cox. is is pretty fun. Yeah, Charlie Cox and Ben Barnes. Mm-hmm. But he's this, you know, you know, high society antagonist to Charlie Cox's character. He's a, you know, first of all, he was blonde, which that threw you. He off. should never be blonde. Never. Yeah, he should never be blonde. If you know? so, if the role calls for him to be blonde, that's not a role for him. That's <laughs> what you're saying. Yeah, yeah, and and just his character and. and 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 again, I was looking at, or I was look read. I was watching over some uh, cuts of the movie um, earlier today, and it's just because he has this, it's this high society because it's you know it's a period, sort of a period fantasy piece. So he has this high society, and there's, there's little 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 effeminate nature about him at times, which mm-hmm. just doesn't. That's just not him, and I just did that. That was one of those roles where I was just like, eh. That, that's just yeah it just doesn't seem right for him this is a huge cast i've never seen stardust yeah i've watched it i haven't watched it in a while but yeah. um yeah because um uh, meg pfeiffer is in it um yeah uh, yeah michelle pfeiffer. it's got claire deans michelle pfeiffer um Charlie robert Cox, de niro mark strong rupert everett yeah. ricky gervais sienna miller peter o'toole ian mckellen um Kate yeah, McDowell. yeah dang this yeah. is a this is a pretty big cast here um yeah. yeah, so interesting. So cool. Um so like okay, so what what would you like to see for him next? Other than uh, Man of Steel 2? Yeah, I mean like like let's like like thinking about like any kind of thing that he can do. Like what do you want to see? Do you want to see him try like a, go back to like a, a pseudo comedy like Guy Ritchie's uh, Man from Uncle or 
do you want to see him do more like period stuff or go so to go to a different superhero? Movie, yeah. So there's a movie, and I, let me I, I forgot the name of it, uh, the full name, but there is a movie on I think I watched it on Amazon, and he was in for a couple years ago called Night Hunter. And he was with Ben Kingsley, and he's a he's plays a detective. Mm-hmm. The movie itself is meh, <laughs> but he does a really good job. And he and, and this is this just kind of like shows because he's you know one of those cops that's seen a lot. But the new the dynamic they have in there is that you know he has issues, and it, it's his ex wife, and they have a kid together. And there was a couple scenes in there where you know it's juxtaposed between trying to find the serial killer while also being a dad to his his you know his daughter that as much as i want to as much as i can't wait for witcher season two as much as i can't wait for him being in you know man of steel too if, mm-hmm. if you know if they're if wb if warners knows what's good for him um i want to see him in a role some roles like this like where it's more not period but you know it's more modern where he's playing this not necessarily a soldier or a cop, but a guy that, you know, has, that is kind of dividing himself up between, you know, this goal here and, and what he used to be or family or something along those lines. Mm-hmm. So uh, just because it's something I haven't seen him in much. Yeah. And that's one of the reasons I, I just want to see a little bit more about. Yeah. More of, that more of like the, the cop, like cerebral version. Yeah. And um, Alexandra Daddario was in it too. Can't go her wrong with her. So, Can't ever go and wrong. She has with some that, of the so. prettiest eyes. Yep. My goodness. So yeah, she's awesome. Um, she was great in those yeah. Percy Jackson movies. Um, you know, she was good in True Detective. Um, you know, so cool, cool, cool. Let's not forget San Andreas. Uh, I did not see San Andreas. <laughs> it can only take so much of Roland Emmerich trying to destroy the planet. <laughs> it's plain and simple. So. Uh, all right, so I chose Adam Driver. Um, Adam Driver is kind of a borderline like acting obsession right now. I've been trying to like go through his uh, his filmography as much as I can, um, even just like the little parts that he's in here and there. Um, you know, so obviously everyone knows him as Kylo Ren. Uh, the first thing I ever really saw him in was uh, Lincoln. Um, Never saw. I still just, have yet to see that. He plays Samuel Beckwith, uh, and then I later saw Jay Edgar, and I forgot that he was in Jay Edgar. But I mean, he's Never got. Seen that either. He's. I mean, he's only been acting since 2011. So I mean, he not think really? of everything wow. he's done in just nine years. Not um, wow. That right? is so. Uh, like I don't know. Do you know much about like his past? No. Like, okay. So he was a he was a lance corporal in the U.S. Marine Corps. Um, he went and he made his Broadway debut in 2010. He's been nominated for a Tony, an Oscar, and uh, an Emmy multiple times for, for, you know, just kind of the awards there. He was on Girls for a long time on HBO from 2012 to 2017. Um, you know, I'm sorry, since 2009. He started, like, doing TV work in 2009. He did an episode of Law of, of – he did an episode of Law and Order in 2010. Um but yeah, so like he has a great TED talk. I don't know if you've ever. You should definitely look it up on YouTube. Anyone, I'll I'll try and find the link and put it in the show notes. Um, you know, but he was inspired by Fight Club to become a doctor or become a doctor, become an actor. Um, 
so yeah, it, it's I, I really like I really like him as an actor. Um, where I really kind of started enjoying him was uh, in the Noah, Noah Baumbach movie While We're Young. Um, and then I saw that and then I saw Force Awakens. And then I went back and I, I remember watching This Is Where I Leave You, um, where he plays Philip Botman, which is the Sean Levy movie with Jason Bateman and uh, Tina Fey. Um, and then, I mean, he's just done a ton of stuff since then. He was in Midnight Special. He was in Logan Lucky. He was in Black Klansman. Um, he was the man who killed Don Quixote, which was actually really good, by the way. Um, Marriage Story, The Dead Don't Die, and obviously Star Wars. So, but for me, um, for, so for the good, I have uh, This Is Where I Leave You, um, which is a really, it's a great slice of life film. And and kind of my little synopsis here is, I think he's really good in the, the listless youngest sibling of the Altman clan. They have all have to come home and sit Shiva for their atheist father. So they're constantly like whining about like why they have to be there. And he hasn't been home in years. And so he's like, he, he, he shows up with Mrs. Coach as his girlfriend. <laughs> and uh, you had to think about it for a second on who Mrs. Coach was. Yeah, yeah. Um, anyway, and if you don't know who Mrs. Coach is, you got to Google it because go watch Friday Night Lights. Um but so he shows up, but then like he goes off and cheats on her like almost immediately with like an old with an old flame and everything. Um, ben Schwartz is the, the the rabbi who they grew up with, and like he he constantly bullies him uh, throughout the movie. Um, but like so he's the he's the youngest, he's the baby, and he brings chaos wherever he goes. Um, but by the end of the movie, he's like actually learned some lessons and and decides like. He wants to take part in the in you know helping his oldest brother run the family business, um, and so what looked like a very stereotypical, very, very stereotypical baby of the family turned into something that was more depth, um, more more had more depth to it. That I think Sean Levy pulled out a really really nice um, role out of him. If you that know, makes I, any sense. I've forgotten about this movie. Uh, I it's been a few years since I've seen it. Uh, I, I like your how you said. You know, it takes something that, you know, seems just kind of, you know, on the surface, it seems, you know, just generic. And then there's it as it goes along, there's depth to it. Yeah. I mean, he very uh, easily could have just like been like, no, I'm just going to run off with Mrs. Coach and I'm going to continue my my ways. But he actually grows a little bit. I mean, they all grow at the at the end of the movie, which is the nice thing. Um, yeah. All right. So my next one is my the great is uh, the dead don't die. Um, did you you watch this one, didn't you? Yeah, I watched this. Yeah. Okay. So he plays uh, Ron, Officer Ronnie Patterson, who, by the way, has a Millennium Falcon keychain which uh, for his uh, for his keys, which I just love that little Jim Jantz little um, just kind of like twist of the <laughs> twist of like, hey, this is like the real world. Um, what I love is uh, he or uh, he Ronnie is the direct connection to the director, director, writer, Jim, uh, I'm sorry, Jarmish, um, and uses that knowledge to move the story along. Um, and I, I have it, I wrote down here at, in a pseudo fourth wall break. He never actually looks at the camera and talks to the audience, but he, he's always like talking to the rest of the characters again, like kind of like Henry Cavill, uh, in, in fallout where he, you know, he knows something that we don't yes, know. That's a perfect. Yeah. Um, right. so, um, he's great because his role is really const- uh, restrained. It's, it's very deadpan. His delivery, um, 
and he's got like great spoilerific lines, um, like telling Bill Murray's chief Cliff Robertson, um, the song "The Dead Don't Die" is the theme song of the movie, right at the beginning of the movie. Like, so movie? you know, right? Exactly. Yeah. He's like, "This is the theme song," um, and then letting Cliff know about their impending doom when he reveals he's read the script and the zombies are going to get them, um, which is great. <laughs> he's hands down my favorite part of the movie, and I want to see him do more of this connection to the audience type role. Where he's uh yeah. he's kind of like the Kitty Pride, right? He's our he's our he's our way into the movie, um, yeah. But he still kind of has a way to talk back to us as the viewers um, and enjoy the voyeuristic experience with us. This movie was one of those. I think I had wanted to see it when it came came to the theaters, and you know, just never got to it. And I think you told me about it, and yeah. I, and you were raving about it. And I said, okay, let me check it out, and. You know, it starts like a normal movie, and it it, it kind of reminds me of um, the hunt in a way, where you you know they have these stars in this movie, mm-hmm. and it's not like as many stars, but they just keep getting picked off like one by one, and like like the uh, like in the room, like yeah. The whole- well, yeah, like you have Selena Miller or not Selena Miller. Sorry, you have uh, Selena like Gomez, um, in, in her group there. Rosie Perez shows up. Iggy Pop, um. You know, Chloe Sevigny is in the movie, Steve Buscemi, Danny Glover, um, you know, um, being a she's in it. Uh, so, yeah, it's uh, it's a it's a great little movie. And, and to me, he's the highlight. Oh, absolutely. I, I Yeah, absolutely. Bill Murray's good in it. But I just I just love his his line delivery. Adam Driver's line delivery. How it's just like matter of fact. And, you know, and like you said, that's a great comparison to August Walker and. Mm-hmm fallout because you know he knows stuff and and i'm like it, he he delivers he just lines and, and it's good writing and directing mm-hmm. that they don't overdo this right they just they they do it in a way where it's snippet a snippet here and there and he never explains it he'll just say right. something yeah and, he's just yeah he's just says it and he's like you know and then when he gets called out why do you know he's like because i've read the script <laughs> yeah um so much like um the the art of self-defense right this has a very similar like cadence to the dialogue right um which kind of feels like you're playing a sim you know <laughs> um like I, I just i think you know there there were like for both of these i i mean i had plenty of movies to choose from right um mm-hmm. lucky logan he's great I, he's he's one of the highlights of the star wars uh, sequel trilogy He's really good in uh, in Black Klansman. Uh, Marriage Story is phenomenal. That's another Noah Baumbach movie. Um, while we were young, him and Ben Stiller have have a great chemistry in there. Um, so I mean, but I mean, he's got he's got just a ton of stuff that you can go back and look at. Um, so it was really hard for me to find like maybe this isn't the right role for you. And I, I settled on the report. Um, it's an Amazon original. Uh, it's a good movie. It, it, it mm-hmm. asks, it asks a lot of questions about the morality of war, torture, and like intelligence gathering because mm-hmm. it deals with the aftermath of nine 11 and all the stuff that happened at, um, Guantanamo Bay. And I, I thought his, his portrayal of, of Daniel Jones, who was the, uh, the person in charge of putting together this, what was supposed to be a bipartisan report on, you know what happened and and what happened down there and and how they acted um he's more petulant and whiny um and not like super engaging 
Um, and I wrote here, I said, when you look at the petulance of Kylo Ren in The Force Awakens, you know it comes from a place of anger and frustration. In Jones, it seems to come from a place of gotcha. Like he was like, you know, he was so angry that he was just going to, he, he had to get the other side of the aisle, you know? Mm. Um, and I'm, I'm not a huge fan of seeing him play a bureaucrat. I, I think he, he deserves better than that. And I think while he gives the same level of skill and effort as an actor that he always does, like the the, the dude, you always know you're getting hundred percent out of him. He's he's in yeah. no way like at no point in his career is he going to be like Michael Madsen, where he's got his website and he's got his filmography and like it says, I did this role because I got I wanted to get out of helping a friend move a couch. You know, like we're never going to see that from Adam Driver. It's I took this role because I wanted to challenge myself, um, and I think. You know, he definitely did challenge himself in this role, but I'm not eager to see him revisit this type of role. Yeah, I have not seen that movie yet. I, 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 I that's one of those where I, I saw the trailer and I was just eh, on the fence of if I ever really want to entertain watching it. Yeah. Um, you said it's a pretty decent movie. It's all right. I mean, but... it, it's you know, it's good. It's got a good cast. I mean, it's got a net vin of net Benning. It's got Ted Levine, Michael C. Hall's in it. Tim Blake Nelson's in it. Corey Stoll. Um, you know, they team up again because he was in. Um, this is where I leave you uh, as the oldest brother. Mira Tooney and John Hamm. I mean, so it's it's a it's a stellar cast. And, you know, like it is a good movie. Like if you look at the, the Amazon rating, it's got almost five stars. So I'm not bashing the movie. It, it's, it's just more, his role in it. And I'm not even bashing him. It's just not something I, I, I really liked watching him in. Um, you know, I want to see him do some sort of, like, fantasy, you know? Not, and, and not, like, Lord of the Rings fantasy. Like, closer to, like, Harry Potter, you know? Um, okay. Something where where he is, a, you know, a, 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 like, he's, like, maybe they maybe more of what Ben Solo should have been in the rise of Skywalker. I'd like to see okay. him in that role as like the hopeful hero who, you know, is, is virtuous and good and, and, you know, helping other people. Um, because we get a lot, a lot from him, you know, we get the, like kind of the schmarmy anti-hero type thing. Like, um, in Logan lucky, he's the vet who lost his arm. Who's, you know, like, hey, let's rob, let's, you know, in on the, the, the gang to rob the NASCAR event. Uh, in while we're young, he snakes Ben, uh, oh shit, I can't remember his name. Um, Ben Stiller's, you know, grant money from him by going and presenting something to the, the financier and like actually making up a story about what his documentary should be about. Um, you know, so he does he he does that role really well. Like uh, even the the man who killed Don Quixote, he he's very much a, you know, he's an auteur. He's a he's a director who who's making a commercial which he views as to be very much beneath him, and he's sleeping with the guy's wife behind his back. You know, so there's there's just all of that. Um, but I, I'd like to see him play like you know something a little more like fantastical from like a good point of view where he's not where he doesn't have to be whiny or angsty or, or petulant, where he can be like the force of nature that he actually is. Um, or, and I don't know if he would ever do this. Um, I would like to see him back in like an action film, like military type role. That could be, I could see something like that for him. But, I mean, but being a former Marine, I don't know if he'd want to go back to do that. If he's right. like, I'm not really yeah. acting like, you know, I went through this already. Right. That, that's actually a good point. Um, 
but yeah, I, I really, I really do like him. And some of these, like Don Quixote, that's another movie I've wanted to see, and I just haven't sat down to watch it. It's very much a Terry Gilliam movie, just mm-hmm. to to put that out there. I mean, he's the director. Um, but yeah, I, I think he's worked with some really interesting people. He's got a movie called The Last Duel um, that's directed by Ridley Scott coming out, and a movie called Annette, um, where he plays Henry McHenry, um, directed by Leo Crax, Carax. Um, which is in post-production. So yeah, I, I think, uh, I, you know, I mean, Adam, Adam driver's career is bright, you know, like he's going to win multiple Oscars. I think, uh, I'd love to see him in like maybe another HBO original series. Uh, right. what little bit of girls I watched. Cause, um, I can't stand Lena. What's her name? Um, not a I, fan of her either. I really liked him. He was really good. So, um, but yeah, cool. Yeah, it's just it's just amazing when you think about it. he's only been acting what 10, 11 years and yeah, two thousand nine was was has. the first thing that he did. Um, Girls he did from for five years, forty nine episodes, two thousand twelve to two thousand seventeen. Yeah, and and, and he, let's be honest, he's got comedy chops because he's hosted Saturday Night Live three times, and they have all three been amazing. Oh, the uh, yeah, he yeah, his comedic timing is really good. It's the last, and I've, the last and I've one, the one, those. the one this year was the best with uh, Halsey as the um as the musical guest. Like, definitely go and watch that one. I don't think I saw this. I don't think I saw that one. He yeah. revisits um, you know, the undercover boss thing. <laughs> yeah, no, I did see, I did see that. Yeah, I did. But um, but yeah, all right, man. So yeah. There's a lot going on in the world. Hopefully you guys uh, had a nice little hour of uh, escapism here. Hope everyone's safe and doing well. Um, coughing on people left and right when you go out in public. Make sure you lick people <laughs> on the face. Um, yeah. Sneeze in their food. That's another good way to, to keep people safe, I hear. <laughs> That's horrible. Don't do any of that, please. <laughs> Yeah, but uh, like the infamous podcast told us to. They told us that they, they said this is the way to be infamous. <laughs> <laughs> if you're, anyway. if you're really looking for infamous, there's a game on the PS3. Oh, so it's, good! The second one's man, even better. So good. The second one is even better. Uh, the Forgotten Sons for, one is stupid. I would lo- I would love for them to remaster that game. Yeah, they should. They need to remaster the Legend of Korra game too. Um, because, yeah. Anyway. Uh, cool. Well, I uh, just want to thank uh, again our patron Julian Brown from the Everything Is Permitted podcast. Check his show out and a strange new pod. And he and I have something in the works. Um, that's a secret project that Ooh. we'll be able to talk about hopefully later. I don't know. There's some things where well, we're, it's gonna, we're, you're, you're going to talk about it later. Just well, no, but later. I mean, there's things that we're hoping happen that is contingent on, you know, us doing this thing together um, with okay. the subject matter we want to talk about. Um, and uh, yeah, you can go to infospot infos.com and click on the Patreon link uh, and check out our shirts at flying pork apparel. We have some cool shirts. Um, they're fun to wear. I always get lots of compliments when I wear them. Um, I fold my shirt. I don't know, Daryl, if I ever told you, I fold my shirts the Marie Kondo way. The that Spark Joy lady from Netflix. So like they look like files in the drawer. <laughs> and uh, 
like, I mean, cause it's a super clean way. Cause I mean, you know about my t-shirt collection and, um, but I, they're, they're all on a shelf in my closet and I still fold them that way. And like, there's one where it's just like eight different shirts that all you see is the word infamous. <laughs> so, <laughs> um, but yeah, it, actually, if you back us on Patreon, there's a, there's a way to get a shirt. Um, and, or like I said, you can just go to flyingporkapparel.com um, or go to just Infos podcast and click on the, uh, the shop and it'll take you right to flying pork apparel and thanks to our sponsor cbs all access um you know go check out all the cool stuff on cbs all access cool anything else you want to close on yeah that'll be about it uh all right looking hanging out with my baby yoda little bobblehead over here oh i got Haley a baby yoda uh stuffed animal i have a i have a video to send you yeah i have a plush coming soon yeah it's a plush yeah that's what it is yeah, mine got delayed. So. Yeah, well, I bought it at Target. I put it in a bag and punched it for you. <laughs> Actually, I, I haven't, I haven't done that yet, but I'm going to. <laughs> I told Haley. I know you're going to. You, you, that's that's evil. That was the best part of the entire season. Because oh, then he bit him, <laughs> and then IG88 <laughs> shows up and just straight up murders them. So, yeah. All right. Uh, yeah. On that note, we'll see you guys next time. Have a great day. Like, whatever. Bye. 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 The Infest Podcast is recorded in Kings Mills, Ohio, just north of Cincinnati, with new episodes out every Sunday. You can find more information about the show online at infamouspodcast.com. We're on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram as at infamouspodcast. You can subscribe to the show on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Play, iHeartRadio, or your favorite podcasting app. If you're enjoying the show, consider giving us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts, or check out our Patreon at patreon.com slash infamouspodcast for our new tiers and rewards. The Infos Podcast is hosted and produced by me, Brian Tudor, with music provided by Michael Henry from meetmichaelhenry.com. You can find me on social media on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram as at Brian Tudor. So whenever you're listening to the show, have a great day, night, evening, weekend, whenever it is. And we'll see you next time. Later.